0: Guys, before we start the show, I just wanna remind you how you can support the show. If you wanna do it absolutely for free, go to Spotify and leave us a five-star rating. You can also go to Apple and leave us a five-star rating and a very nice review go subscribe to our YouTube channel youtube.com slash notsamwrestling if you're not already make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you're using and if you want more if you want to get this show with no ads if you want to get a bonus podcast every week, if you want to watch everything that happens in the Not Sam studio live if you want to be part of Zoom conversations that happen every week, join us on Patreon become a Not Sam shill at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, inspired by the NFL's draft weekend, Let's Do It Right, the ultimate pro wrestling draft based on the superstars of today. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Hello. Welcome for the potentially 393rd time. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Hope everyone's doing absolutely swell. Hope your week is gonna be great. Look, it was uh, it was a, a a newsworthy weekend to say the least. Of course, it started on Friday with the uh, news uh, breaking of the releases that came down from NXT. It was either nine or ten uh, talents that were released from their deals, I think uh, the most noteworthy, of course, uh, and confusing on some of them, especially like Persia Parada, who was completely in the middle of a storyline with Dexter Loomis, who was also on that list, uh, have unfortunately been released from NXT, as has Dakota Kai been released from NXT, which I I have to believe out of all the talent on this list will go back to haunt the decision makers more so than any unless she ends up coming back bigger, brighter and stronger than ever. That's that's very possible because I don't see somebody like Dakota Kai not improving. When you the, to me Dakota Kai has all the all the tools one would want to add to a great women's division and I think that somebody will. I I think uh Dakota Kai hopefully I would love to see her go to impact and, and take over some of the Indies here in the States and kind of, and kind of lead the charge of the independent roster of women's wrestling. Cause there are a lot of great independent women's wrestlers out there right now. Um, some of them have been on this here podcast. Uh, I think that Dakota Kai is somebody that could bring a lot of eyeballs uh, onto what's going on out there, especially with how good she is, right? I, and I can't imagine she would be independent for very long. Um, and then Malcolm Bivens released from WWE. Now, all the reports were that Malcolm Bivens had asked for his release or had at least told the WWE that he wasn't going to be re-signing uh, when his contract came up. So that one, I don't feel... If Assuming that that's true, I don't feel bad for Malcolm Bivens if that's the case Unless he had like you know a lot of time left on his contract and it changed his mind, but I what I what I mean is I can I can at least hope that that's good news for him because he's able to now do what he wants to do. I feel like the world is his oyster at this point. We all know how talented he is. He was before he was Malcolm Bivens, He was Stokely Hathaway um, in Ring of Honor and on the Independence and everything. And he had just started to dabble in actual competing in actual wrestling matches before he got to NXT. But, you know, being a manager is his bread and butter. And I think we are looking at a renaissance with wrestling managers. Um, I think that you're seeing them more and more on the indies. But also, I, I think that's something that AEW has really brought back, you know? If for a moment, it looked like it was something that NXT was going to be taking more seriously. And then, you know, aside from Malcolm Bivens and Robert Stone, I don't know that they really did. Um, you know, WWE was kind of off that manager train for a very long time. It only seems like it's starting to maybe creep back in. You know, obviously Paul Heyman has been very, very successful, but we see what LA Knight is doing at the at the uh, SmackDown tapings and the dark matches and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe it does come back. But AEW is, is utilizing managers regularly, like multiple times on every single show. So I do think that there's a pretty strong space for Malcolm Bivens, probably now going back to Stokely Hathaway over there. And it would probably also allow him to pursue his other dreams, be it in acting or comedy or whatever it is. So I, you know, I really hope for the best confused, dismayed. It's never a good day when those list of, of names come out. Um. And so I wanted to go in a different direction today. I wanted to go in a direction where we, where we had list of names of people we could celebrate, you know, I couldn't help but notice the mainstream news. I mean, it was absolutely everywhere this weekend starting, I believe on th- Thursday night. I want to say the NFL draft went down and I mean, everybody like every year was keyed in on this NFL draft. I saw Pat McAfee at one point had something like 130,000 simultaneous viewers on his live YouTube stream covering the draft. And, and he, you know, everybody else covering it. It was just everywhere doing massive, massive numbers on Saturday, the new England Patriots drafted somebody named Sam Roberts. And my at mentions blew up because everybody's so involved. And I I couldn't help the wrestling side of my brain. Couldn't help, but think, you know, why wouldn't it be great if the WWE went back to making a big deal about the draft? Like, not that they don't make a big deal out of it because they do advertise like two weeks in advance. Oh, there's going to be a draft. There's going to be a draft. But it's, it's, it's almost like just finding out which of the two shows the people will end up on is all there is to it. You know, we don't have any investment in terms of seeing anybody actually make picks. We don't really get anything in terms of big reactions. It's just, oh, that'll be interesting. And that's kind of it. In the beginning of the draft, huge reactions, right? Because, I mean, there's that great meme of the Undertaker throwing his chair across the room, Vince McMahon and Ric Flair fighting for power, Stephanie McMahon and Eric Bischoff fighting for power. You know, I I, I think I would love to see the WWE use the draft as a storytelling device and really, really key in on the, the mechanism for storytelling that the draft can be. Because people care, you know. I think that, you know, you'd have to go back to having some kind of authority figure. You'd have to go back to somebody making the selections. You'd have to have people have a reason for either really wanting to or really not wanting to be on a certain show. Maybe somebody's been pursuing the title and they end up on a different show. They have to start from scratch. Maybe a tag team gets separated. Maybe whatever it is. I just think that the the implications of what a draft can bring, can be very, very exciting. And I got very, very exciting thinking about how an actual draft would apply to the world of pro wrestling. So I thought what we might do today just for fun is I will tell you how I would partake in the ultimate pro wrestling draft should it take place in 2022. Now, this what I've done is... I've basically set up a scenario for myself where I am opening the floodgates, expiring all contracts on all American pro wrestlers. That means Impact, AEW, WWE, Independence, all of them are up for grab for this Not Sam Wrestling promotion that I'm gonna put together. Now, the reason that I'm keeping it to America, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are like, well, what about all the guys in New Japan? And what about all the guys in NXT UK? And all the, you know, UK promotions that are out there. And that's totally legitimate. And I think it would make it even more interesting if you made it a global thing. But I am so much more well-versed on what's going on with the American promotions as opposed to what's going on with the international promotions that it wouldn't be fair, right? I mean, like, I could... If it were open to New Japan, just add the top New Japan guys to these lists. But I'm not watching New Japan every week. I don't know who's injured and who's not injured. I don't know how many years certain guys have left in them, you know, or or whether when I'm saying like, oh, that guy's awesome. Is he awesome now? Or was he awesome a year and a half ago? And will he be awesome a year and a half from now? I don't know those answers for a lot of people overseas and so I, I I thought to keep it uh to keep the integrity alive for me I would just draft American promotions that I feel like I am pretty familiar with I also decided obviously to put some limitations on this now I wanted to get opinions out there so I, I put a question out on my Twitter at notsam I also opened it up on Saturday uh, on the patreon page patreon.com sam wrestling I opened it up to all the shills and basically just said if you're putting together a draft, if you're drafting your own American wrestling promotion right now, who are the essentials? Just to see where everybody's head was at, just to make sure that I wasn't forgetting any names or 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 just to see what it sparked. So I was really happy that that a lot of you participated, but there were a couple of questions specifically on the Patreon in the comments. They said, "Well, what are the what are the what are the limitations on this?" What are the what what are the what are the categories here, right? And so I'll tell you what I did. I went through and I said, okay, for my wrestling promotion, I'm gonna draft the talent and I'm gonna draft the broadcast team. I'm adding broadcast team because that's kind of my wheelhouse, right? That's my bread and butter. I end up paying attention to that stuff. Some people would be like, Well, what about drafting the referees? Yeah, if you want to draft referees in your version of this, go ahead. That's not, I don't, you know, I, I don't pay enough attention to the referees to adequately draft referees. I would probably just end up drafting the referees that I'm friends with, and that's who would be on the show. But I know when it comes to the broadcast team, I have specific visions in mind for what this promotion would have. So my categories on the broadcast team are one ring announcer, three commentators, two interviewers, and one special host. The special host is like maybe the person that could host the best ofs on the, on the Not Sam Wrestling Network, the person that could host the pre-shows, you know, I, I host the panel on the Not Sam Wrestling pay-per-views. In my mind, this is a, a whatever. It, it's a single roster. It's not a split roster. It's to do a two-hour show, and that's why you need three commentators It's a three-person booth. If one goes down, somebody else can pick up. And and look, I mean, every category is, of course, ultimately going to be interchangeable. But when you're drafting, you're drafting with these spots in mind. Should there come a day where one of the interviewers needs to jump on commentary, that's obviously legal. But for the purpose of this conversation, I am justifying their employment through the positions that they're going to be put in at the start of this Nazi Sam wrestling promotion. I'm gonna have an authority figure. One spot for a GM or authority figure, whoever that may be. I'm gonna have a spot for an ambassador. This to me is gonna be very, very interesting. One spot for an ambassador that's also on a merch contract. I think about that stuff. Only one. There is one ambassador slash merch contract. Spot. So, like, WWE has several people in that position right now for for Not Sam Wrestling, one spot for the purpose of this draft. We are going to have managers, five manager spots, five. I believe in managers. I think they add to the show. Five spots for managers or manager-type performers. And then the superstars, the competitors themselves. Um, I am not doing separate lists for men and women. I think that that's, that's bullshit to do. Just put the stars on the list, the people that are going to draw money, the people that are going to make a difference, the people that are going to be stars, put them there on the list. Right? So I have a list of seven main eventers that's, and I, and I didn't make the list and then number it. I said, I'm going to, I, seven main eventers just felt right. Men and women. Seven people get to come into the promotion and and be slotted as main event people. These are seven people that you could put the title on or put in the inaugural title match instantly and be good, right? So I've got seven main eventers. Six tag team slots. Again, you will be able to team up people that are on the singles roster. You will be able to have these tag teams face in singles matches if you wanted to. But these are tag team specialists. I believe in tag team wrestling. I like tag team wrestling. Some acts get hired as a tag team. I have six spots for specific tag team acts. I have five spots for part-timers. Part-timers that will come in, work a program, and then leave People that will be, you know, under my employ that will come in when we need them, but will also disappear. Basically, I think that, that WWE has proven that there is a, a great purpose for part-timers and that that there actually is a type of performer that not being on the show adds value to when they are on the show. The fact that Brock Lesnar leaves makes him even more valuable when he's there. So I, I, I love the part-timer position. I think that every promotion should have them. I've got five slots for part-timers and maybe, you know, they cycle in every couple of months. You know, if I were running a promotion, I would try to build the capital to have that where every few months I've got another big name that's just kind of cycling in. And when one's there, the other's gone. And when that one's there, the third one's gone, you know, so on and so forth. I got 5 slots for up and comers. Not quite developmental, but not quite, you know, these are people that were that I think there's something there, but we'll see. 5 up and comer slots. And then finally, I was going to do upper mid card, lower mid card, but I decided to scrap that whole thing. We're going to see how it all works out. Nothing it I, to me it didn't make sense to go upper mid card and lower mid card cuz I feel like everything will move anyway. So I have 20 spots. For the main roster. So it's seven main eventers, six tag teams, five up and comers, five part timers, and 20 kind of mid card acts, upper mid card, whatever you want to call them. You know, so that's 27 plus 10, you know, plus five up and comers, that's 32 plus five part timers, but they're not going to be there all the time, plus six tag teams. So that's 12 people, 32 plus 12 is 44. If you put in all the part-timers, you're at 49. You got somewhere between 45 and 50 people on the roster. And I don't think you need any more than that. Trust me, I would love to have more than that because this exercise became very, very difficult. But I don't think you need any more than that. Let's start with the broadcast team. The bread and butter of any wrestling promotion. Now, I know you think, Sam, you're just going to put yourself in for the broadcast team I am the promoter. I can pencil myself into any position at any time. So I'm not worried about that. If I want to go lead commentary one night, I'm going to go lead commentary on night. This is not Sam Wrestling. I'm not redrafting WWE. I'm opening up all the contracts to draft my own promotion. I'm the guy in charge. I can put the title on myself if I want to. So I am not in any position because at any point, let's be honest, I could be in every position. Vince McMahon's done commentary. Vince McMahon's done special interviews. Vince McMahon has been world champion. That's the way I view myself. Maybe I'll be like Eric Bischoff. And one week I'll come down from the ceiling riding a Harley with a crown on my head just because I'm the man. I have that option because it's my promotion. My ring announcer, Mike Rome. You know, I mean, as far as wrestling ring announcers go, you can't go wrong with Mike Rome. Mike Rome's my guy. Mike Rome is the ring announcer. Also, like I said, current people, I can't bring people back from the dead. I can't, I don't want to bring people like, you know, that are long in the tooth back. Yeah. Mike Rome is a young man. Got a great set of pipes on him. Doesn't really screw up. I, you know, honestly, I don't see how you could go wrong. Mike Rome is my person. Uh, my commentators, the commentary table. Uh, this was not a difficult decision for me. Uh, Three people, and I'd love to have more people around. I, You know, I think there's a lot of people that do a really good job on commentary these days. I would love to have Excalibur at the table. I think Excalibur is amazing. I would love to have a Lenny Leonard at the table. I would, There's a lot of people I would love to have at the table. But for me, there's three people who right now dominate professional wrestling commentary. That's Corey Graves, Pat McAfee, and Michael Cole. Corey Graves, Pat McAfee, and Michael Cole are my commentators. That's who I draft right out of the gate. I, you know, I, I, I don't Corey Graves ability to carry a table, Michael Cole's ability to carry a table, Pat McAfee's ability to light the world on fire, regardless of the position that he's in across the board, untouchable. I I, I can't imagine going with anyone besides those three, my special host. Come on, Renee Peckett's coming out of retirement. And I know you're sitting there going like, well, that's not fair. Renee's not in wrestling anymore. I can get Renee to come out of retirement, okay? I need somebody that's going to host my panels, that's going to host my specials, that's going to be the master of ceremonies for Sam Wrestling. And in my time, I have not seen a better master of ceremonies in the wrestling world than Renee Peckett Oh my God, Mother's Day is this Sunday. This Sunday, can you believe it? It's already almost here. There's still time, though, to get the best gift for mom. Yes, there's better gifts than just you not talking about wrestling for a day. That's probably one good thing to do. Just for one day, don't talk about wrestling. And you know what the other thing that you could do? it Because we've all been there. I remember when I would talk about wrestling as a kid. My mom would have to pretend to care. And nothing's changed. I'm in my 30s. 30 plus years of my mom pretending to care about wrestling it's gotta stop we all know it's not gonna stop but you can at least say thank you and how do you say thank you well (laughs) i'm glad you asked with steven singer's brand new creamsicle 24 karat gold dipped rose hurry You can still get one. Remember those warm spring days where mom would surprise you with a sweet frozen treat Well, this creamsicle rose will thank mom for all the sweet memories you have with her. Exclusively at IHateStevenSinger.com. Give the number one gift for Mother's Day. Picture it. A real long stem rose dipped and trimmed in pure 24-karat gold with light peach petals preserved and guaranteed to last a lifetime. It's the sweetest way to tell mom how much the little moments meant. Mother's Day is Sunday. Give a gift she'll cherish forever. Stephen's brand new creamsicle 24 karat gold rose. Don't wait any longer. Go right now to IHateStevenSinger.com. This is your last chance. Order by 2 p.m. Eastern time this Wednesday. That's this Wednesday with free shipping to arrive in time for Mother's Day. Stephen's famous 24 karat gold dipped roses start at just $59, only available at ihate That's ihate stevensinger.com. So Rene Paquette is my specials host. And then my interviewers, my backstage interviewers, there's two of them. Now, this is where I go, okay, just because it's done well doesn't mean it's done the way I would want to do it. Whoever's competing with me and drafting their own promotion is going to have the pick of the litter because I am completely restructuring how these interviews are done. You know, right now I feel like, uh, Generally speaking, the backstage interviews are done with the talent there to get themselves over. A lot of times, the role that is assigned to the backstage interviewer is not much more than a mic stand. Hey, I'm Sam Roberts here with the Usos. Usos, you have a contract signing. What do you think? There's no reason why that backstage interviewer should not be a part of the show. My two backstage interviewers are Danhausen. In full character. And since Danhausen would be a little bit more silly, I wanted to go with somebody that was serious, but was also an analyst. Somebody that it's like, okay, we're gonna get the Danhausen interview with this superstar. That means something, right? So, what's another person in the wrestling world that it's like, oh, that person's gonna be interviewing this superstar? That means something. Call me crazy. I think it would be interesting. Josh Barnett is my other interviewer. My two backstage interviewers are Dan Housen and Josh Barnett. This is not Sam Wrestling. We're getting crazy, okay? Josh Barnett's going to get the scoop, okay? If you don't want to give the answer, Josh Barnett is not going to take it lightly. And who knows? Dan Housen and Josh Barnett, two for the price of one. We got them on the roster doing interviews. Maybe we throw him in a ring every now and then. My authority figure, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone comes over to Not Sam Wrestling as my authority figure. I don't think that anyone has more goodwill in the wrestling business than Tony Schiavone. You know, I don't think Tony Schiavone would be brought in to be a controversial GM, I don't think he'd be a heel authority figure. I think that he would be a a fair and beloved authority figure. I think Tony Schiavone as my authority figure would be the most respected and beloved wrestling authority figure since the great president, Jack Tunney. That's what I'd be going for. That's when I think it's at its best. When you have your person that represents the rules and regulations, but it's not a whole over the top character thing going on that we've seen a million times. Tony Schiavone in the form that he's in now, Uncle Tony, everybody's favorite dude just uh, somebody that brings joy into a room is my gm the managers for not sam wrestling i allowed myself uh 5 managers that i could draft first one up is a no brainer paul heyman obviously and i know paul heyman would tell you he's a, an advocate or general counsel or or wise man or whatever he calls himself but you know what i mean we all know we we all know what i'm talking about paul heyman Second ball up, I don't think it'll surprise anybody. Somebody that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Somebody that recently got released from NXT. Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway, the former Malcolm Bivens, is my manager. And the reason that I would pick him is because the rest of the managers on my list would probably be more like Paul Heyman in the sense that they would represent one client or one act. Paul Heyman is there to represent the bloodline on SmackDown. He's not the. He doesn't have a stable around him, and you know, and you see in AEW, but even even Malcolm Bivens on NXT, he was there to represent the Diamond Mine, not an entire stable of people. Most of the managers on my list, a single act. However, Stokes, Stokely Hathaway to me is 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 the old school manager. Stokely Hathaway is your Bobby Heenan, is your Jimmy Hart, is somebody with a stable of heels. Anytime you bring a heel in and you're trying to get them over as a heel, but they need a mouthpiece, or you just want to tell the audience that they're a serious bad guy, you put them with Stokely Hathaway, and that's how they know. He's one of Stoke's folks. That's what I would call him. Stoke's folks. I would have a, a faction of villains called Stoke's folks and the only thing they would have in common is that they were all managed by Stokely Hathaway. Any villain that needs a mouthpiece, Stokely Hathaway is your man, okay? My other managers, I am bringing William Regal in. William Regal, I, I love him as a as a, as a personality. I, anytime he's on camera, I think he just, he just attracts attention. Anytime he picks up a microphone, you want to hear what he's got to say. Anytime he makes a facial expression, You want to find out what he's reacting to. I mean, William Regal has it all. And he's got the pedigree to to get away with it all. People take him seriously. So William Regal. I'm also bringing Samoa Joe in as a manager. I was looking through my list and I was like, I'd love to have Samoa Joe on this roster. But the way I'm doing my roster, I don't know exactly where a Samoa Joe would fit in on this roster of people. It's as limited as it is. I don't want to bring in a Samoa Joe for the last couple years of his career. However, if there's one thing we've learned about Samoa Joe, it's that he's never done poorly in any role in professional wrestling. Still to this day in the ring, he's as good as you can possibly get. Promos, he's as good as you can possibly get. Being the 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 matchmaker, he took on that role somewhat in NXT. He was as good as you can get. Color commentary, he did that on Monday Night Raw. He was as good as you can get. So there's no doubt in my mind that he would be great as a manager. And I think that, that it would be interesting to me as if he were like a, a babyface manager. You know, where it was like he was he was he was like a like a trainer, like an old school boxing trainer almost. But if you mess with his client too much, he could get in there and scrap. Like he also still has the ability to defend his people. Should they need defending? Most of the time they won't need defending because you want to get people over, right? But should it come up that Joe needs to do something, Joe could still do something. And finally. My final manager, Brett the Hitman Hart. As I, I said on the podcast last week, my dream scenario now is for Bret Hart to come back to WWE, be Cody Rhodes representative, turn on Cody Rhodes, and become the manager of Seth Rollins. Brett Hart as a heel managing Seth Rollins in 2022 is white hot money, 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 money. With all the people that I have on my own roster, there's no way that I'm not going to make money with Bret the Hitman Hart on the outside of the ring. Plus, when you got these managers, you get their credibility, you get their merch, you get everything. So Bret Hart is added to my list. Now, when you talk about legends, the ambassador position, the ambassador merch position. Now, the ambassador position seems like not one that you would spend that much time thinking about, but it's actually really, really important. This is where you're going to find somebody that will do huge interviews to spread the word about your product. This is where you're going to find the host of not Sam a mania. This is where you're going to find all this stuff, right? The people that I was, I I was considering for this role, obviously Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan's not going to wrestle anymore, but there's, he still has a tremendous value to the industry as that ambassador type. Shawn Michaels was a name that came up as a potential ambassador. You know, I I don't know that Shawn Michaels as a manager would work because Shawn is Shawn, but as somebody who goes out there, everybody wants to talk to Shawn Michaels. Everybody wants to meet Shawn Michaels. So if in that process, he's in the places that he's in to promote your product, it's a good thing. Triple H was a name that was on my list. As that ambassador. But when it came down to it. Two names. And I'm kind of still stuck. Both names are written down. It's. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Or The Undertaker. Neither one of those people. Are going to be competing enough. That you could even put them. In the part-timers position. Realistically. Like. Like. If you hire The Undertaker or Steve Austin as a part-timer, you're probably not going to get your money's worth because they're not going to actually wrestle. So you wouldn't put them there. You wouldn't put them as managers because they're on a pedestal themselves. So if you want to get the optimal value out of them, you make them an ambassador for your company, you have them go and do media for you, you have them do a podcast for you, you have them do programming for you, and you sell their shirts. Everybody still wears Undertaker shirts. Everybody still wears Austin shirts. So ultimately, because this is a business first and it's about making money, I'm going to look at who am I going to make the most money with? Who is going to draw the most attention? And who can be utilized for the most different types of spots to bring money in? Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin will do every show in the world would have, not that they wouldn't have The Undertaker, but I don't know. There's just something about Stone Cold Steve Austin that he could could do any show. Austin 316 is still the number one shirt. I mean, it's just, the appearance of him brings you right back. I I couldn't argue if you picked The Undertaker, but for me, I'm going to pick Stone Cold Steve Austin as the ambassador to my promotion. Now, Let's start getting into the competitors. Let's start drafting competitors, baby. This is where it gets exciting. My part-timers, okay? These are five huge names that I will bring in for two to three months, have them work a cycle on top, and then go out and bring in another one, and then go out and bring in another one. And some of these people, maybe they'll come in twice a year. Maybe they'll come in, you know, once a year, a few times over. But ultimately, these are part-timers on a multi-year contract. The first ball up is obviously Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar defined the part-time deal. Brock Lesnar made it a thing, you know. It's where he's most valuable. It's where he brings the most value. So Brock Lesnar, I think that that's a no-brainer. The Rock, for example, The Rock was under consideration as an ambassador. But I would still pick Stone Cold Steve Austin over The Rock because The Rock promotes so many different things that I don't know that your promotion would feel as special as it would with Steve Austin. And number 2, I wouldn't bring The Rock in as a part-timer even though we I don't think we've seen The Rock's last match. I wouldn't bring The Rock in as a part-timer because like I said he's doing so much that you're probably not going to get a real 2 to 3 month cycle out of him. I mean, this is and you're certainly not going to have that happen twice a year, you know. We have to deal in the realm of reality. So The Rock is not on this list. uh, But interestingly enough, on my part-timers list, I'm drafting Kenny Omega. I'm bringing in Kenny Omega as a part-timer. I think that Kenny Omega at this point in his career is a dream match machine. I think the only reason to have Kenny Omega is to hype up matches that you never thought that you would see to just create over the top main events, the likes of which you're telling your friends about. And I think if Kenny Omega is not wrestling a dream match, he shouldn't be wrestling at all. So I am absolutely drafting Kenny Omega, but I'm bringing him on as a part-timer. I don't want him wrestling anywhere else, by the way, when he's not wrestling for me because the whole value is that he's gone and people want him more. But this way, too, we can keep him healthy as long as humanly possible. He can come in. He can have a match with, you know, whoever. Brock Lesnar, maybe. Maybe I'll bring in Kenny and Brock at the same time. Have them have a match. Then they go away for a while. Have everybody wanting more. I don't think it's a huge surprise. John Cena is on my list of part-timers. John Cena, I think, is at a point in his career where I think it'll still be a couple of years before we never see him again. You know, I think we've still got some time before Hollywood completely gobbles him up. And, you know, there's already rumors of John Cena doing another Summer of Cena for WWE. He did one last year. If I could get a Summer of Cena every year for the next three or four, yeah, it's worth it to me, whatever it costs. John Cena is on my list of part-timers. Also on my list of part-timers, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, I think, is one of those guys that if you only put him in main events he will make these main events feel so much bigger. I think that Chris Jericho has the ability to just make all of his matches so compelling, so interesting. He's such a good storyteller. And I think that that he's still got a lot of time left in him. He's still got a lot left in the tank, as the world's strongest man once said. So why not try to get as much out of it as possible and keep him on a lighter schedule? And on that same note, my fifth part timer is CM Punk. I don't think CM Punk should be wrestling on TV every week. You know, I, I I don't think that you have to convince people that he's a main event level athlete. You know, I think CM Punk announcing he's coming in because he wants a shot at the championship at the Not Sam Wrestling Championship is perfectly legitimate. I don't think there's a person on earth that would say, what's CM Punk done to qualify for a championship match? I think everybody would go, yeah, that's the match I want to see. Knowing that you can pull CM Punk out of the bullpen whenever you need a boost is a tremendous asset to Not Sam Wrestling. So that's my fifth and final part-timer, CM Punk. It's CM Punk, Kenny Omega, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, and Chris Jericho. Those are my part-timers. On the other end of the spectrum, these are the up-and-comers. And And then we're going to get to the full list of superstars. My five up-and-comers are... These are all young people and all people that I think just have a tremendous upside and, and are worth investing in now. First of all, somebody that... And actually, three of the five are in NXT right now. The former Roxy from Ring of Honor, who just debuted in NXT with her new name, but she was the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. She's only like 19 or 20 years old. Absolutely worth investing in. Absolutely seeing what comes next. I, Roxy is an easy no-brainer for me. Braun Breaker is an easy no-brainer for me. I mean, the way he's got the whole world talking anyway. You know, he was the first name that I put down in this up-and-comers category. Cora Jade is an easy one for me. I don't think anybody looks at Cora Jade and doesn't think like, okay, this person has an incredible future. Just the the likability and the appeal that she's got, the relatability, that you instantly get her. You instantly know her story, and she's going to connect with young people, right? That's what you want to do here. Have people that will connect with young people. I think she's going to be a big star, and I'd like her to be a big star for Not Sam Wrestling. So I draft her as one of my five up-and-comers. The final two are Dark Sheik, an independent wrestler uh out of California. I think Dark Sheik is I, there's just something so compelling. Dark Sheik I I just I I am just I just interesting. Just an interesting performer that I think is doing something different that I think is representing uh a population of the of the of the world at large that is not nearly represented enough in in wrestling or other forms of mainstream entertainment. So Dark Sheik, I'm a huge fan of, I wish there was there was more talent like Dark Sheik in wrestling, but I would want Dark Sheik to be a part of this thing that I'm doing. And I think in the up and comers section is the perfect spot. And then finally, Nick Wayne, somebody that I look at is, a, I think he's only like 17, 16, 17 years old. And just egads of potential in front of him, just already impressing people Who knows what's going to happen, but I think it's worth making the investment. Now, it's time to go over the official roster roster, not the up-and-comers, not the part-timers, not the uh, on-screen, non-competing characters, but it's time to go over the roster. And this was a very difficult—this was even more difficult than I thought it would be. I I have a huge list of people that I'll go over, almost as a list of apologies to people I've a list almost as long as the roster itself of people that I wanted to put on and just didn't have room for it because there's nobody on this list that I want to take off, right? We'll start with tag teams. Uh, number one is FTR. FTR is just having a moment. I would want them to have a moment with me. If I'm going to have a, a tag team division, that, that really relies on tag team wrestling and people that specialize in tag team wrestling, FTR is where I'm going to go. Number two, Usos. Usos, another easy pick. I think the Usos are right now the best tag team in the world. And if you're the best in the world, why wouldn't I be drafting you? The Usos only get better and better and better. And yeah, in a, in a world where it's tough to survive as a tag team, they are surviving and thriving and excelling and just doing better and better and better. Pardon the interruption, but if you thought the boner ads on Not Sam Wrestling were uncomfortable, you have not heard anything yet. Look, I thought underpants technology had gone as far as it could possibly go, especially for those of us who have our genitals outside of our body, our dicks, our balls. They hang all over the place, right? They stick to each other. It's uncomfortable. It's a mess. It's, nobody knows how to deal with it. I do. You know why? Because I got sheath underwear. I swear, I got this sheath underwear in the mail the other day, right? And I put them on, and I was like, oh, this feels smooth. And I look inside, and I go, oh, my God. There's a pocket in the front. There's an inside pocket. And I go, what's this pocket for? And I realize, scrotum, it's for your balls. There's a pocket for your balls. And then I go, okay, I guess I'll put them in that pocket. And then there's another pocket within the pocket. And I realize that the sheath has invented underwear with two pouches this is verbatim they're copied one for your dick and one for your balls i'm not kidding you have to see this underwear it is the weirdest however most strangely functional thing i've ever experienced it's 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 stretchy it's cool I work out, my, my, the legs don't go riding up, and it's like a sports bra for your genitals, for your penis and your balls. They all, everything stays exactly where it should be. And I know we don't talk about this, but that's not right. We don't talk about it enough, but now we can. Now we can talk about it together thanks to Sheath. You know, Sheath was founded by a a, a soldier, a United States Army soldier, during his second tour in Iraq. I would have thought he had more important things to think about than where his dick and balls were going to go in his underwear, but apparently he did not, and he invented sheath while he was saving our freedom. So thank him for saving our freedom and put your dick and balls where he thinks they should go. And you know what? I've tried it, and I happen to agree with him on where they should go. If you want to find out where they should go, it's really incredible. Go to sheathunderwear.com and order with promo code NOTSAM to get 20% off your first order and Sheath's 100% money back guarantee. That's SheathUnderwear.com promo code NOTSAM. They'll give you your money back. If you get your underwear and you go, I don't know where to put my dick or balls, they'll give you your money back. It's really incredible. 20% off with promo code NOTSAM. Get Sheath Underwear and let them support your balls. That's their, that's their tag. Speaking of the Usos and surviving in an environment where it could be difficult, New Day is also on my list. And yeah, this is a little bit of a cheat because you do get all three members. There is a free bird rule going on even in the Not Sam Wrestling draft. But the New Day is there because I can watch the New Day versus the Usos every day of the week. What ta- If you're going to make a, 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 a division of tag teams, if you're going to build a tag team roster, What excuse could you possibly have not to have the new day on? And yeah, you'll be able to take advantage of the fact that you've got these three ultra talents that you'll be able to use throughout your roster over the years. But ultimately, if you're cemented to this for the first year or two, that's fine. The new day as a tag team act is going to increase the credibility of your tag teams. I would also, you've got to have the young bucks. It's a dishonest thing to say that you wouldn't draft the young bucks if you've got a tag team roster. The, the 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 Young Bucks are a team that you could say brought tag team wrestling back to the mainstream with everything that they were doing, made it cool again. You know, I, 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 I think you'd be a fool not to have them. And then my final two tag teams. This is going to shock some people, but it shouldn't based on the amount that I've spoken about them. And yes, they did say they were retiring from wrestling. I think they said something like that, but I think I could get him to unretire. I would absolutely bring the Iconics in as a team. A hundred percent bring the Iconics in as a team. You could, they could literally do any role. You know, would I make them both the champion of the world? No. And by the way, I probably would not have a women's tag team championship. I would have a men's world champion, a women's world champion, a tag team championship, and then a secondary men's title. And that's, those would be all the titles. So I'm not talking about bringing the Iconics in to make them women's tag team champions. But as far as an act goes, I, I I'd be hard pressed to say that there's a tremendous amount of more compelling tag team acts than the iconics. It's just a matter of utilizing them right, you know. And I, I I would like the opportunity to do so. And speaking of compelling acts, maybe my favorite tag team. I said the Usos were the best tag team right now. Maybe my favorite tag team right now. Bussy is absolutely coming to not Sam wrestling. Bussy is drafted. Into my tag team division, Effie and Allie Catch. You didn't think that I was going to leave you out of this, did you? No. Maybe you were waiting to hear your name in the singles division. Not going to happen. They're the current game changer wrestling tag team champions. They're coming over and they're going to compete for those not Sam wrestling tag team championships because, I mean, ta- championship. It's one title because who wouldn't want to see Bussy versus FTR? Who wouldn't want to see Usos versus Bussy? Come on. It's too much potential there. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna squander that potential. Let's get to the singles roster. We're gonna start with the main eventers, okay? We got seven spots for main eventers. First spot is a no brainer, Roman Reigns. If you're putting together a list of 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 superstars to put on a wrestling roster, Roman Reigns is the top wrestler in the world right now. Some people might get mad that I say that, but I don't know why they would, because it's true. Roman Reigns, no brainer, instant contention, contention, can, con, yeah, instantly a thought for the Not Sam Wrestling champion of the world. I don't think it's going to shock anybody, both Becky Lynch, well, I'll start with Becky. Becky Lynch is absolutely among my top seven main eventers that I'm bringing in. Hard to think of a bigger star right now. And you know what? Charlotte is on that list too first three main eventers coming in are Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. Next person up, somebody that I would love to see maybe first team with Roman Reigns and then turn on him to challenge him. Somebody that I think is built for dream matches. Somebody that I would love to see John Cena come in and have a match with. I would love to see Kenny Omega come in and have a match with. I would love to see CM Punk come in and have another match with on my main event roster top seven people in the promotion M J F. M J F. MJF he's in his mid 20s this kid and he's already where he's at I am planning on keeping this kid locked into Not Sam Wrestling as long as humanly possible and keeping him in that main event slot as long as humanly possible. MJF is added in. Coming in to be a main eventer, Seth Rollins. I think that that Seth Rollins is a is a is a universally great great professional wrestler. Whether he's doing babyface, whether he's doing heel, whether he's a cowardly heel, whether he's an obnoxious heel, whether he's a threat, whatever you want to do. Seth Rollins is my guy. Not a tough decision. Seth Rollins is a main event guy. I didn't do this on purpose, but it's just the way the cards landed. I was thinking about, you know, who would I want on my main event scene that connects with the audience, that that can make you feel like you're watching a main event match, more so than just about anybody else. There's just something about this guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, that the audience just is instantly in touch with. He also happens to be the third member of the Shield. John Moxley is on my list of my seven main eventers. So Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and John Moxley, the three original Shield members, are all being drafted as main event level stars for Not Sam Wrestling. It's an amazing thing. And then the person that rounds that out is a performer that to me can convey believability more so than just about anybody else. A person whose commitment to their performance is beyond reproach. Kevin Owens is just so damn good at telling these stories. I think Kevin Owens belongs in that main event scene. I think Kevin Owens belongs with another in the WWE universal title run. I think Kevin Owens as a contender for the Not Sam Wrestling Championship of the World, yeah, no brainer. No brainer. So that's my seven main eventers. My, my, my seven drafted main eventers are Roman Reigns, John Moxley, Seth Rollins, MJF, Kevin Owens, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. Controversial. I know. And that leaves us with only 20 people in the entire wrestling world, only 20 people can be put on this roster. And I wanted to make sure there were lots of different types of performers. You know, youth is important, but you know, I can't have 50 different people who are funny. I can't have 50 different people who are intimidating. I can't have it. It's, it's gotta be every single person on this list. I have to look at and go like, yeah, they're essential 20 people that I think would be essential to this not Sam wrestling product and the first ball up. And a lot of you are going to wonder why he's in the mid card section and not the main event section. And this is not mid card it's just due to lack of a better term. There's nothing that says that the people on this list couldn't end up challenging for the world championship, but this is just a, a group of 20 people that I am using to create an amazing show. I would say out of these 20 people, 12 to 15 could easily main event right now. But, and you can mix and match all you want. So don't get too caught up in the labels, but it's more like those are my seven main eventers. Now, this is my 20 person roster. I'm not even going to say mid card. This is my 20 person roster. Randy Orton. Randy Orton, and I know you're sitting there going like he's already wrestled for 20 years. I thought you said youth was important. Randy Orton is, number one, he's a freak of nature. He doesn't appear to have slowed down at all. He appears completely ageless when he's in the ring. And I just just feel like we're still seeing new stuff come from Randy Orton. So to me, and I also, I want that guy in the building. I want people to to be able to go up to Randy Orton and ask him questions. I want that voice of experience to be around. I want Randy Orton there. So Randy Orton is here. Speaking of voices of experience and people who defy age, Daniel Bryan is on my 20-person roster. No doubt in my mind, Daniel Bryan absolutely needs to be there. I could not imagine putting a roster together without him. On that list of people, Adam Cole. Adam Cole is hundred percent on my roster. I would love to be able to make matches for this guy, to to help make storylines for this guy, to watch him grow and to watch him step out of that roster section and into that main event section, and to and to over the year. I just think it'd be amazing. I if I if I had the chance to 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 draft a, a roster, of course Adam Cole is going to be on that list. I'm not doing this without mentioning Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, I told you years ago when she was in NXT, claiming she wasn't Ratchet. I was there, and I was telling the world that Sasha Banks was my favorite wrestler, and not a damn thing has changed. Sasha Banks is a no-brainer to be put on that roster. Now, let's see who else we got on there. Who's somebody that I would love to see on this roster? How about this? And I may be cheating because this is a two-person act. But based on what they've done in the past couple of years, I think you got to let them bring Chelsea Green with them. Even if you're telling me, fine, but you can't use Chelsea Green as a competitor, that's fine. But she's part of the act. Matt Cardona's coming in. Matt Cardona has got to come in because there's so many people to work with Matt Cardona. This one is going to be a little bit controversial. You've only got 20 spots. You're really going to put this person on the roster? Absolutely. Because every time I see this person, I think to myself, oh my God, the upside. Oh my God, the things I would do. I just, there's years of storylines in this guy and he feels relevant. He feels like a heel for the modern day. And he's somebody that I would love to be under the wing of a Matt Cardona. Only to to disrespect him. This is the guy that could turn Matt Cardona back to being a babyface, and that guy is Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller is on my twenty people. Grayson Waller is on my roster. So, as a matter of fact, is Sami Zayn. And I was saying, and this is tough for me. This is tough because Dan House did I have as an interviewer, Sammy Zayn I have on the roster. That's gonna stop me from bringing some people on, like I you know. I can't justify an Orange Cassidy as much as I want Orange Cassidy on this list. I can't take Danhausen out of his spot. Orange Cassidy would not be a very good interviewer, and I can't take Sami Zayn out of this spot. And if I've only got twenty people on the roster, I can't I can't do it. And Sami Zayn can do everything. He can do absolutely everything. There's nothing this guy can't do. Now speaking of heels, you know I already told you Grayson Waller's a great heel. He's going to turn Matt Cardona face in my promotion. But as of this week, I watched him less than a week ago just draw booze out of a building. And that's the power that I want. That's the power that I want brought to Not Sam Wrestling. Sammy Guevara is absolutely coming to Not Sam Wrestling. Sammy Guevara is on my list of 20. I'm going to tell him he can't do all these crazy spots. He can't be jumping off ladders willy-nilly. I'm going to put the kibosh and all that. I want, I want him for the long term. But... I mean, he can get a babyface reaction. He can get a heel reaction. And he leans into whatever he's leaning into. Sammy Guevara is coming in. You know who else is coming in? And he's not coming in as an up-and-comer. He's coming in to the mid-card level. Because I am ready to push this guy. I am ready to see what he can do. I am ready to watch him go. He's somebody that I specifically invited to the Not Sam studio because I am so compelled by what he does in the ring. Somebody who I think is going to be a star for a very long time in wrestling. His name is Lee Moriarty. Lee Moriarty just got drafted to Not Sam Wrestling. Lee Moriarty, 100% coming over to be a part of this thing. Let's talk about some women. We got to have a, 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 an amazing women's roster. I'm going to hit you with uh, with three right now, okay? There's, not, there's more than three on the list. I'm going to hit you with three amazing women right now that are all going to be on my roster. I'm going to hit you with Bianca Belair, I'm going to hit you with Thunder Rosa and I'm going to hit you with Bailey. Bianca Belair, Thunder Rosa, and Bailey all coming over to Not Sam Wrestling. I mean, now you're looking just there at a women's division with Becky, Charlotte, the Iconics, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Thunder Rosa, Bianca Belair. And did I mention. Britt Baker's coming over. I'm going to bring the whole Adam Cole family here. Britt Baker is coming to not Sam Wrestling as well. And while we're talking about the women, I'm going to round it out. Dewdrop coming over to not Sam Wrestling. A hundred. I I I I just Dewdrop is my example of why we can't get so wrapped up in these name changes the WWE does. Dewdrop came over and she shouldn't have been over. She doesn't. She doesn't. Piper Niven. You didn't watch her on NXT UK and think to yourself, one day she'll be a star on the main roster because we haven't seen that before on the main roster. But the minute she got to the main roster, she proved everybody wrong. I think she's amazing. I I, I think that, that uh, she's had great match after great match after great match. I just, I love her. I, I think the world of her. drop absolutely coming over. And by the way, you see those clips of of... Butch at the live events. People are going crazy. Butch is so over. Butch is not drafted, unfortunately. There's no room for Butch. Next time. Maybe if somebody gets released, I can bring Butch in. But right now, I don't have enough spots for Butch. You know who I do have enough spots for? My final female on the roster, Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill is absolutely on this roster. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, listen to this women's division I've got right now. Over in the tag teams, I've got the Iconics. I've got Catch because she's a part of Bussy. I've got Roxy, I've got Cora Jade. And oh yeah, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Sasha Banks, Jade Cargill, Dewdrop, and Bailey. Nobody is fucking with my women's division, okay? I just I I I just I I ended it for everybody. Let's get back to some of the men that are on this list, huh? How about this one? Somebody who I think deserves uh, uh, way more recognition than they get. Somebody who who I I just think the world of. Chris Bay is 100% on my roster. Chris Bay is coming to Not Sam Wrestling. And you know who else is? Chris Bay is a young man. Chris Bay is in touch with the youth. Chris Bay makes people talk and he will make people talk. You mark my words. You know who's making people talk right now? Who's going to make people talk all the way into my promotion. Hook. Send Hook. Where? To Not Sam Wrestling. I know. I only got 20 spots. You're going to give one to Hook? Yeah, I'm going to give one to Hook. Yup. Matter of fact, I saw Hook and Dan Housen go face to face. That same thing could happen in Not Sam Wrestling because Hook is a superstar and Dan Housen is my backstage interviewer. Hook is coming. You know what I want to see? Hook in the ring with Gunther. And that could happen because Gunther is a part of Not Sam Wrestling. Can you imagine that hook and Gunther in the same ring at the same time? And if you look at this list too, if you look at this, at this roster list, there ain't a person that's going to not be intimidated standing next to Gunther. Gunther is going to look like a beast next to the roster that I've created. You know, who's going to be a beast on this roster. Josh Alexander, Josh Alexander, the new champion of Impact Wrestling, absolutely a first name draft person, whatever they call it in the draft is coming over. I, I I immediately, I was talking to somebody about impact recently and I said, that's, that's the guy. That's the guy. If they could, if they had a machine they could put behind him, Josh Alexander is your guy. It's just an instant. It's instant with him, Josh Alexander. And then rounding out my roster, one person left, who we haven't mentioned. I hope it's not a surprise to anybody. It shouldn't be. Isaiah Swerve Scott, Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland is coming over to Not Sam Wrestling. So that's my roster. Listen to this. In the main event, Roman Reigns, John Moxley, Kevin Owens, MJF, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Seth Rollins. The rest of the roster, that's my main event scene to start. The rest of the roster Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Zayn, Shane Strickland, Bianca Belair, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Sasha Banks, Chris Bay, Josh Alexander, Lee Moriarty, Dewdrop, Jade Cargill, Gunther, Hook, Matt Cardona, Grayson Waller, and Bailey. Tag teams... FTR, The Young Bucks, The Usos, The Iconics, New Day, and Bussy. Up-and-comers, Dark Sheik, Roxy, Bron Breaker, Cora Jade, Nick Wayne. My part-timers, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, CM Punk. The managers, Bret the Hitman Hart, Paul Heyman, Stokely Hathaway, Samoa Joe, and William Regal. Stone Cold Steve Austin is an ambassador. Tony Schiavone is the GM. Corey Graves, Pat McAfee, and Michael Cole are on the call. Dan Housen and Josh Barnett are doing interviews backstage. Renee Paquette is hosting these pre-shows. And Mike Rome is ring announcing every match. I mean, good God, I challenge anyone to draft a better show than I just did. And there's a ton of names. I want to apologize right now to Eddie Kingston, Dalton Castle, to Happy Corbin, Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura, Joey Janela, Jordan Grace, Edge, Riddle, Montez Ford, AJ Styles, The Briscoes, Nick Gage, Santana Ortiz, Jonah, Alexa Bliss, Diana Perazzo, Wardlow, Andrade, Santos Escobar. All these people were on the list. I wanted to get them in. I couldn't this time because of the roster that I was building. If you think you could do better than me, stick to the parameters. I spelled out the parameters very well. If you want us all to do this together, we can all do this together. I'm interested in seeing it. If you're on Patreon, patreon.com slash notsamwrestling, send me what your roster looks like under my parameters. If you're not, you want to email it, fine. notsamwrestling at gmail.com. You want to tweet me, Instagram me, fine, at notsam. However you want to do it, this is the roster. This is not Sam Wrestling. This is what draft day looks like. Thank you, everybody. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam.